Modern day society seems to have a great disregard for premarital sex and many Christians question the validity of this premise. But what does God's word say about this issue? We'll answer that on the next Family Matters, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Graham Schnell for Family Matters, where we offer practical advice from Focus on the Family. We were asked a question that we feel is seriously relevant for today's youth. It went like this. Where does the Bible actually say that premarital sex is wrong? My parents have always taught me that the Bible commands us not to have sex before marriage. Now that I'm old enough to think for myself, I'm having serious doubts about this. I haven't run across anything in Scripture to support their views. In fact, I can't even find any biblical basis for traditional marriage. Isaac and Rebecca didn't have a church wedding. Apparently, they just slept together and that was it. As you've discovered, it's easy for critics and skeptics to argue that the Bible has nothing to say about premarital sex. That's because they're usually looking for negative statements. They want a condemnation or a thou shalt not. But the Bible expresses its perspective primarily in positive terms. Have you not read, says Jesus, that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's Matthew 19, quoting from Genesis 1. In this passage, Scripture clearly states that sex is for marriage and marriage is for sex, exclusively. That's because sex is not just a matter of casual recreation. It's not just a pleasurable way of expressing mutual love. It's a question of two people becoming one flesh. This fits in perfectly with Apostle Paul's warning in 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two shall become one flesh. The same concept underlines Jesus' unbending position on divorce. Therefore what God has joined together, let man not separate. That's Matthew 19. It's also implied in the commandment against adultery in Exodus 20. In the biblical view, adultery includes any sexual activity carried on outside the bounds of committed marriage. This is why the writer to the Hebrews tells us that marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. That's Hebrews 13. We should add that God wants us to reserve sex for marriage not because it's bad or dirty, but precisely because it's such a unique, exclusive and wonderful thing. Sex is a holy mystery. It's a powerful bonding agent that shapes and affects the relationship between a man and a woman as nothing else can. To take it outside of marriage is like taking the wine consecrated for Holy Communion and using it for a college drinking party. This is why the writers of Scripture so often compare idolatry to the sin of fornication or adultery. It also explains why they use sexual purity and faithfulness between spouses as an image of our relationship with God. For example, in Song of Solomon, the book of Hosea, and the 16th chapter of Ezekiel. Where Isaac and Rebekah are concerned, it's important to remember that different cultures have different ways of arranging and solemnizing the marital bond. Biblical culture was distinct from our own in this regard. Not surprisingly, the scriptures don't require all marriages to be sealed in a church ceremony or state-authorized license. That doesn't change the fact that genuine biblical marriage always includes a distinctly communal component. This is implied in a couple's decision to leave their parents and cleave to one another. In other words, to initiate a new family unit as part of the larger community. To express this in another way, marriage involves a public commitment to build a strong and lasting relationship. This relationship is supposed to serve not merely as a foundation for the nurturing of children, but also as a building block of social stability. 
We hope that your doubts have been allayed by the scriptural references provided and that you'll think seriously about the implications of sex outside of marriage. This program was produced by Focus on the Family. I'm Graham Schnell inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Family Matters. Family Matters.